myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Don't look so sad, we were only gone a week, but we are back, and we are set for season four, let's just be glad, we have some time to talk some baseball, we'll talk about news and notes, collecting, and share a birthday, it's season four. Of Long Gone. Welcome to the Long Gone Co- Podcast, Season 4. Woo! And with me, as always, is Esme. What up? Steve Ford. How's it going, man? Season 4. Season 4 after a week off. I think it's yeah. Week off, right? It was a week off. Yeah, we, 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 we took our one week off a year, usually, that we take. <laughs> yeah. Seems like longer, man. It always seems it, long. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, imagine if we tried to go two weeks off, right? Oh, man. It'd feel like forever. <laughs> yeah. It'd feel probably like forget, forever. Probably forget how to do it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. In the week that we took off, nothing really happened in baseball. No. <laughs> no. No. I mean, I, I was trying to look over for some headlines here for us, but maybe the biggest thing is what uh, uh, I didn't, we didn't put on there, but Chris Sale went to the Braves. Yeah. Woo! That's kind of a lateral move for the Braves yeah. when you think about yeah. it. Um. You get rid of Kyle Wright. You get rid yep. of Ian Anderson, Mike Soroka, right? Yep. Yeah, Vaughn Grissom was in the Chris Sale deal right there. So, but you get rid of those pitchers and you bring in an aging pitcher with injury problems. Yes. Yeah. Good a, job. A, I mean, yeah, way to go. I mean, maybe they're watching his tape for when he was with the White Sox and we're like, ooh, we want that guy. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I, not going to happen. Yeah. I guess lower level stuff. Well, what else happened? Giolito, he went to the Red Sox. Which Boo. Uh, I mean, I really yeah. Less, well, yeah. he wasn't even on our our free agent list. No, I, I still was looking. List. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not even on there. I mean, most of our. I mean, our free agent list is still just slowly chugging along. I mean, <laughs> <clears throat> so far, uh, I'm Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver signed with the with somebody. Uh-huh. I mean, what's he? One, two, three, four, five, six. There's only been six free agents that have been signed. Wow. Out of our top free agents, Out of our still top a free lot agents. left. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what's yeah. the hold up? Because I just saw that uh, six weeks from now or so, uh, pitchers and catchers report for spring training. I know. So what, what's I, the hold up here? I feel like that happened last year too with a few free yeah. agents where it was kind of down to the wire. And then finally they signed before they reported, which mm-hmm. I don't think is a good way to go. I, I know if no. I was a free agent, I would want to sign before the holidays. I'd want to sign. I'd want to get it out of the way Christmas. before Christmas. Yep. Yeah. That way you yep. get travel arrangements. I'm a kind of guy. I don't know if you are. But I'm the kind of guy that I'm not I can't just do stuff on a whim. Like if nope. I'm going to I'm talking about traveling, like right. I can't just pick up and go on a whim or nope. I got to have this, you know, weeks in advance. It, out. It, yep. it, it really like I mean, I have a hard time sleeping if it's just something comes up where you got to travel last minute mm-hmm. and you got to think of all the things you need to pack. I mean, God forbid. I mean, I have dogs. You have kid, a kid. So yeah, exactly. I know that gets a little tough and a little mm-hmm. straining, but. I can't imagine being a free agent where this could decide your home for the next so many years. Yeah, especially if they're married and have children, it'll decide, you know, uh, where their kids are going to be. Schools. Have the kid, yep, kids finish out the school where they're at or if they're a move right. or, you know, that whole thing has to come into play. And 
Yeah, I don't know how they can just wait and do this on a whim. Well, you got to look at people like Cody Bellinger, which I'm not sure if he's married, but a lot of these Mm -hmm. guys have young children. Yeah. So you got to figure just what you said. Say you're moving in like Chris Bryant, right? Chris Bryant's kid, I don't think was going to school. He signed with Colorado Rockies. You got to move the kid there. And then I'm sure there's programs you're going to get the kid in and what have you. But I remember a place to live too. it it took him a while to sign. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's you got to find. And that's what a lot of players do sometimes. What I've noticed is the player will just go and rent a house or an apartment or a condo. Then the family will come up and like visit every so often from their usual home base or whatever. Right. Yeah. Until they until they buy the house. Yeah. Or you get some who have been in a place forever. Right. I mean, they've been at a place for, you know, those veterans who've been at a place for X amount of years and they've Mm -hmm. established a home there and they don't want to move their kids. So the family just lives at that place. (laughs) And then you're in a whole different city playing by yourself. Right. And that has to be pretty straining, too. And I imagine. You know, I always wondered if GMs take that into account. I know this is kind of weird to talk about, but I always wondered if GMs take that into account. Mm-hmm. If people are good with living away from their families, if people are like, you got to figure because baseball is a lot of mental. It's a lot of mental game. Right. Yep. yep. Right. Yeah. Mental as well as yeah, the r- routine base. And if part of your routine is I do such and such, I, you know, I drive my kid to school in the morning or, or, you know, I spend my uh, X number of time with my kid before I go to a game and stuff like that, or spend time with your wife or, you know, if all that, you know, is in there and, and if those people are away, then it could screw with your mind a little bit, you know, right. your routine. So especially, especially if you're a hitter, that's fragile or if you're mm-hmm. a pitcher, that's fragile. So it kind of makes you wonder the whole thing. So, you know, I always wondered that too, but we have a lot of free agents who need to be signed still. I mean, the only mm-hmm. big free agents that have been signed have been Shohei Otani and mm-hmm. Yamamoto, right? Yep. I mean, those yep. are the big ones to kind of sign. And and Eduardo Rodriguez, I guess you can say, too. Yeah. But the sure. rest are, it's not your Lords Guriel Jr. and Jung, yep. Jung Hoo Lee and Mitch Garver. I mean, they're not, I would consider them A-style right. free agents, right? Right, right. Yeah, they're not like top-tier free agents. You know, you're, right. you know, your Cody Bellinger's up there and you know Blake Snell we're still waiting on and Right. You know, pe- people like that, your 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 higher end uh, free agents that nothing's happened with them yet. So, right, it's, uh, it's weird. And, and there's hasn't really been like uh, you know talks like you know snowballing to get together. Like you're starting to hear more and more rumors of oh talks are heating up with such and such. Right. You're not hearing much of that either. You know? Yeah, yeah, you're right, man. I, I haven't heard that either. Where you're thinking. Snell to you know uh, the yeah, Braves like, or the Yankees or the Orioles or something. Mm-hmm. You don't hear those. It's you don't hear the rumors as much, which is mm-hmm. kind of odd. And I would say this year's free agent class isn't that big. It's not, I mean, yeah, it's not a top top level from years past. Not like your Machado and Bryce or, or you know Br- right. the Bryce Harper class and all that stuff. You know, right? It's, it's and, not it's not up there like that. Which that you know it makes a lot of sense. And I guess if we're really hitting it hard with with this with this take. We could say the biggest free agents have already been gone, so mm-hmm. the rest are just we'll wait and see, right? Yep. I mean, your yep. Yamamoto and your Otani's have already been decided for, right? So the rest is whatever. But that's always yep. interesting. I, I remember watching. 
the Ken Burns documentary, which I've oh. mentioned like literally every ep- every episode think, the think, last like yeah. twenty five episodes. I was gonna say I think the streak is is is, is really getting big. Here. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned I should just Ken keep Burns. going for it. <laughs> yeah, just keep, just... Me- keep slipping it in every episode just to see if you can. Yeah, we're in season four. <laughs> Fuck it, just keep going and see if we can make a whole season four of Ken Burns. Um, oh man. Um. But Marvin Miller, as we know, yep. was he challenged the reserve clause, him and Cur- right. Curtis Flood. And and one thing that they did make, which I thought was one of the most ingenious things ever, was they they gapped a lot of players. Mm-hmm. They they um the, the a lot of the players who became free agents, it wouldn't be all these free agents every year. You know what I mean? It would right, be right. When I mean free agents, I mean all your stars. It would be what what what's the word I'm looking for? It'd be um like layered right so yeah like stagger it stagger it thank you that's the word i'm looking for yeah Yeah, so it'd be a lot of it would be staggered which i thought that was really genius right Mm -hmm. so you have some players right there'd be a handful of stars one year and then the next year handful of stars and the next year and it would just keep staggering that way you don't have the market just flooded (laughs) at one time with premium a class right. <laughs> game changing talent, right? And then, I always, then the next year of douchey class or whatever, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Which I thought I thought was very very smart mm-hmm. for Marvin Miller and the the when he helped form the players union to do that. So I thought yep. that was really genius. So so here we are. I mean, here we are in January of 2024, which is wild, Steve. Um, yeah, believe it. You know, one thing that's not on a rundown. I kind of want to ask. You sure. know, I mean, we're, we've been doing this for four seasons now, which is yeah. pretty fucking crazy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm on episode, what, 143? 143. So by, you know, by year's end, we'll probably be probably near 200 or at 200, mm-hmm. which is very really, close to it. Yeah. Really fucking cool to think about. And, you know, we've had a lot of highs in this in this um, in this uh, show where yep. we've interviewed people and things like that. And that's one thing. I kind of want to talk about like the New Year's resolutions real quick. You know, I mean, some people turn their noses up at New Year's resolutions. I'm kind of one of those people. I I, Mm -hmm. a couple years ago, I used to be, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you always have that, but you don't make it, I guess, known. And, you know, for one thing I can say for the show this year, I'd like Mm -hmm. to add more um, interviews. I think that would be really interesting. Obviously, good sponsorships as well. Mm Um, that would be really good this year. But I, 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 do you have any personal resolutions for this hmm. year? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to my, myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to really be more out there and live in the moment. I would say. Mm. I don't know if that's really sort of a thing. Um, yeah, I, I try my best. I'm usually very, very passive and and let things you know happen. Yeah. I'd like to be a little more aggressive and be more in the moment uh, this year. So I think that would be something I'd like to work on. That's that's interesting because that's totally not. I wouldn't say yeah. that's totally opposite of you. Yeah, but <laughs> exactly. I would say that's not something you would always do. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like you would like to plan a lot yep. too. Yep. <clears throat> Very you, much so. I mean, you've been doing good. You've been going to the gym a lot as well. Yeah. Yep. So you're not one of those people that the first I need year to get comes. back into shape. <laughs> yeah. nope, I, I'm already in pretty good shape. So. <laughs> yeah, you're not one of those people that come first of the year. You're at Planet Fitness with the hundreds of people sitting oh, in gosh. the gym, which I always laugh. Planet Fitness is the hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a membership to Planet Fitness yeah. and my Planet Fitness, and I've seen them at a couple they put pizzas out there at the, at yeah. the beginning of the New Year. They put yep. pizzas and bagels. Yep, yep. I've seen people walk out of there with whole fucking Domino's pizzas. 
after the workout. Oh, I earned this. <laughs> like it's totally like defeating the purpose, which yeah, is funny. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, so definitely, yeah, not like working out, but yeah, be kind of more in the moment. Maybe try and be uh on devices less, I'd say. You know, people rely a lot more on their phones now than ever before. Just try and be, you know, out there. Right. Uh, you know, maybe try and travel a little bit more. You Whoa. know, see, yeah. some, see some places that I don't usually see. Yeah. Um, that'd be something nice too. Um, yeah. So that, that'd yeah. be about it for me. But yeah, definitely be more in the moment and uh, try and go out of my comfort zone a little bit more yeah. than, than what I usually do. That'd be cool. I mean, you know. well, you got to think about it. I mean, you've had a lot of big milestones yeah. with, with your house and everything that you've nope. been able to do. I mean, nope. you know, That's outside true. of this, your job, you're always, you know, you're you're kind of you have your working your way up there. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, you have about big milestones that you're kind of crossing off the list. So yeah. stepping out of your comfort zone, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. yeah, I can see that. Um, how, about, how about you? I know you uh, you're really trying to push. You know your documentaries and stuff out. You know working more on that. Um, really, yeah. any big goals? Anything you have set for this year? You know, you know, like I said, I you know in the last couple of years, I I always thought, you know, I, I remember, I it was always, you know, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do mm-hmm. this, and I always felt that put a, too much pressure on me, right? Um, especially with with everything, right? Uh, mm-hmm. This past year, I've done kind of the opposite like you said you want to travel more i i, I don't not want to travel more but i felt <laughs> like last year I was on the road a lot you yeah. know yeah. um <laughs> i was on the road a lot especially for the documentary and i loved it don't get me wrong but at the end of the year you know i just man i was just dog tired and yeah. now i'm editing the doc and you know i was on the road for the documentary and now i'm editing it and i see the finish line and it's great and <laughs> everything else but you know one thing um I, I think more to get more in a in a routine of not just being my resolution, Steve, would probably be just not being stuck in creativity mode all the time. You know, it's one okay. of the things I have a really battle. Um, mm-hmm. I remember uh, you ever watch that movie with Robert Downey Jr. This is like so off fucking kilter. Um, <laughs> um, but it's Charlie Chaplin, the Charlie Chaplin biopic. Oh, I've not seen that. No, but I love Robert Downey Jr. So I'll yeah, check that out. <clears throat> Charlie Chaplin. He was so engrossed and so in to whatever he was doing that mm-hmm. he, he he had a hard time breaking out from well, creativity, stepping back, right? Yeah. Stepping out of creative, creative mode and just getting into real life, you know, getting mm-hmm. into life. And I do have a hard time with that. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of times in my life where, you know, there'll be things happening, you know? Um, I mean, I, the dating world with dating women and, and, yeah. um, and just ha- being able to just kind of live a, uh, like a full life it's always mm-hmm. kind of hindered because i'm always working on projects i'm always <clears throat> i'm always writing i'm always doing something yep. and to me it's just i'm so engulfed in it and if i don't have that i feel mm-hmm. like i'm incomplete or i just feel like i feel okay. I, I probably should go to a therapist about it but it's uh it's one of those things <laughs> you know what? Where we're doing just, therapy right now all right like i'll step away from you know like say i'm like i wrote a chapter or something of one of my books and then mm-hmm. I'll step away and go do something fun. It's like, well, I always have that in the back of my mind. Right. And I can't stop thinking about it. And then I got yeah. it. And I can't wait to get back and write it. And write another Sa- one. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. Same thing with the documentary. And um, so one thing I've done over the course of the, this past year was just kind of like 
not work on too many things at once. And I think my mm-hmm. resolution is just trying to find a way to step back sometimes and just work that. at your own speed. And yep. I, I've kind of started doing that, you know, with the documentary. I remember other, you know, I, I have a, a producing buddy and and it was like, OK, what's the next film? What's this? And and it's like, no, man, I, I've got to finish this first. And I'm going to go to something else, finish yeah. that. So it's kind of focusing on one thing, but not being so wrapped up in it. I can't take myself out of it. You know, so right, I think right. that's my resolution is just trying to take myself out of the creative mode a little bit. There we go. That's good. No, I, I totally just healthy. That. Yeah, yeah. Oh, de- definitely. It's you can't be completely wrapped up in that to miss the world that's going on around you and the people that you can meet and yeah and you know potentially grow your life that way outside of the creative yeah. side of it so yeah you're right yeah and that's it and it's and it you do the, the world kind of goes by and mm-hmm. you're kind of still wrapped up in your own shit and it's like man you just and i've that's for the last 10 years it's been that way so yeah, I think that's that's a resolution definitely mm-hmm. for me. But you know, and this year, Steve, I mean, we're doing the do- we're doing the podcast, and um, you know, that's one thing you and I have always been able to just uh, kind of get our our baseball fix on, which has been really nice mm-hmm. uh, with doing this every single year. And um, you know, and, and so far, uh, the only big news, like I said, if we're going into headlines, the only big news this year would be. Just the Yamamoto to the Dodgers. We never really got to talk about it after the last episode because it happened, I think, after our episode where he officially signed with the Dodgers. Right, right. So now you have you have two baseball players on one team <laughs> that account for a billion dollars. Billion dollars. Can you believe that? Um, I think I'm more. It's crazy to think about, but I think I'm more put off at the sense of. Someone's paying a pitcher over three hundred million dollars who hasn't pitched hasn't one even pitched to, to yes. one batter in major league. Yep. yep. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I think that's way too much money. I think way that's way too, too much. much of a gamble. Um, I also saw that there's opt outs in I his contract uh, yeah. for if he has any elbow issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, concerning his elbow health, but you know he's done done you know done very well overseas, and yes. that's and and that's great. But major league baseball is a different a different ball of wax here. You know, yeah. these, these guys are all extremely good hitters and he, the fact that he's unproven and hasn't pitched to this, to this type of talent before is a little, a little concerning. I don't think he should have got that much money. You know, he, he's, you know, he's in Garrett Cole range, but Garrett Cole is a seasoned major league veteran who's earned his way to get that money, you know? So it, it I, I'm, it's a little concerning and I, I, I don't think it's right. Yeah, it's, I mean, for me, that was just, I think the Dodgers just bolstering at this point and just kind of looking back and saying, look how much money we can hit, spend, look what we can do. And that's, that's awesome. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but I, 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 I don't know how good that is for baseball just because, yeah, everything you said, man, I, I just, yeah. I guess I just don't really understand how you can play a player that much. Mm-hmm. Just kind of you know what i mean it's it just it's not that'd proven be, yeah. yeah that'd be like putting me as ceo of a company i exactly. know nothing about and i've never been a ceo yep and giving you boatloads of money like making you the highest paid ceo and you've never run a company before right you know? yeah yeah it's it's it doesn't make sense yeah it, it to me it doesn't uh it doesn't make a bit of sense so <clears throat> that's kind of uh that's kind of you know that's kind of the biggest headline right now is, and yeah. like you said, there are opt outs, which is nice. Shohei Otani, I, you know, you can't, 
I mean, I get it. You know, uh, I think it's a lot to pay a, a, any athlete, but um, the Dodgers feel comfortable. One thing about the Dodgers is there's multiple investors there. So multiple owners, which makes them really, really be able to make these moves where a lot of other teams, it's they have the majority owner, you know, and then there's like little owners or they're just the owner themselves. Mm-hmm. So a lot of yep. these guys won't try to won't try to compete with those kind of contracts. Right. So, exactly. Um, but that's interesting. Yeah, it's the the whole thing is very interesting. And I I do, I think Yamamoto will be a good player. I mean, even if he has like a Kodai Senga kind of year, mm-hmm. I think that's definitely a win for the Dodgers. But I can't justify paying a pitcher that much money. Exactly. That's that much play, money yep. you pitch one <clears throat> you pitch once a week. Maybe five to six innings. Well, it's like what you talked about with fantasy baseball. You can't justify spending a first round pick on a on a on a pitcher, right? Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. you're basically wasting a, a first round, you know, selection. A guy that should play for you every day on a guy that only plays once every five days. Right, right, and he's you not know? he's not giving you the majority of the stats you need. And mm-hmm. and I guess <clears throat> I I know baseball front office and fantasy baseball are two separate things. But, mm-hmm. if that, but if that tells you the popularity of the sport, if that tells you kind of an insight of the value of a pitcher, right? it kind of does because I don't see good pitchers getting drafted in the first two rounds, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're good drafts. I mean, you do, you have people who will get the, the, the Max Scherzer's, the Justin Verlanders and stuff, but look how that's treated them like this past year. Yep. I mean, I think, I, I think I took, which is really early for me. I took Sandy El- um Sandy uh, uh Alcantara, Alcantara yep. in the third or fourth round, and yep. he was a Cy Young winning pitcher, and he mm-hmm. totally shit the bed for me last mm-hmm. year. And that yep. just proves to me I'm not taking a pitcher until maybe the eighth round. I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. You know, I'd rather have my infield or outfield secured before I go to my pitchers. Yep. Yep. Nope. I I I agree. But then you don't want to wait too long, which was the case with me. Oh, did you? Uh, and then, yeah, I think I waited. I waited too long, and so my starting staff kind of sucked. So I had to cobble right. it together for a lot of it. So it, uh, my pitching stats kind of faltered because of that. But you, you can say, and we, I know we both agree on this that mm-hmm. one thing about pitching, there's always pitchers. There's always pitchers out. Yep, that are right, that are out there, right that, for the picking. Right, and they become bad. They can become great. I mean, look at mm-hmm. Bailey Ober for the Twins and some of those yep. guys, Kyle yep. Gibson, some of those guys who just come out of nowhere. Yep. I mean, that's what kind of I remember the guy. I never had him that year, but it was Nestor Cortez, not last year, but the year before. Oh, and yeah. I, like and he some, came out of nowhere. He came out of nowhere. Some just picked him up out of the pool. You know, just a random pick up and boom, he becomes a, a great pitcher that year yeah, for him. So, like I mean, Reese Olsen with the Tigers last bro, year, that guy, like, yeah, no, he was on nobody's radar. And then he comes in and consistently strikes out eight to 10 a night, you know, that that happened or, you know, a hand, uh, few years ago, Spencer Strider, whoever picked yep. him up just a rookie debut. And that's why it's, you know, I know we can get in that in a later show with, mm-hmm. with fantasy, uh, fantasy baseball, but picking up rookie pitchers sometimes is, mm-hmm. is a good bet. Sometimes yep. it's a really good bet, but yep. it's either really uh, good or really or shitty. Really bad. Yep. Yeah, Ex- exactly. Not exactly. too much middle ground there. You know, no, there's not. You're either gonna light the world on fire or take a massive dump. Yeah, there's uh, there, there's no real in between. No, so. absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. So, in kind of putting a an exclamation point, uh, a wrap up on 2023, we're kind of doing Steve what we did last year. Yep. Um. And we each pick the top three moments 
in the 2023 season or off season. Yep. Um, but I'll, I'll, anything that happened in 2023, <clears throat> starting from three to one, uh, okay. shit, do you want to just give me all, I mean, we only got to do three. So do you want to do yours all, all your, yeah, three? we'll do all, all at the same and then you can go off and do and do yours. We can do it that way. That sounds good. Good. Cool. To me. Yeah, man, Steve, your uh, top yeah. three moments, starting with number three. Yeah. So number three for me is, uh, is Otani. That monster deal that he signed with the Dodgers here uh, in the offseason, $700 million. It, we just had a you know a debate, I remember, on, on shows past of whether he'd get $500 million. And we thought with his with his injury concerns, he wouldn't be able to, uh, to, to touch that. But the Dodgers were like, oh, hold my beer. He's getting $700 million. And then not only that, it's like deferred, you know, deferred money. So he's making like, you know, 10, 10 mil or whatever a year. And then all the rest gets deferred to... Uh, you know, to, to later on after, uh, after the deal is over. So just that, that deal and just how, uh, a contract like that can sort of, uh, uh, set the landscape for other contracts to come for other superstars cu- coming up and, and will we eventually see our first billion dollar contract in the future? And I think so, but yeah, just, just the magnitude of, of that contract, uh, to, to go to the Dodgers for Otani. So that comes in for me at number three, uh, number two for me was, uh, uh, returning to Comerica park. Uh, Michael and I got to go, uh, uh, see Miguel Cabrera in his second to last uh, game uh, as a member of the Detroit Tigers. We got to go watch that game in person. And not only that, we got to see his final major league hit. He laced a uh, a double there down the left uh, left field line. And uh, I was able to record that on my phone. And uh, and and so I have that you know memory shit that I'll uh, look at as years go by. So just watching just the end of a, a career of a legend and being able to see his last major league hit in person uh, with, with, with Michael is a, uh, it was a really good time and the ceremony before the, uh, the game and just, uh, just the atmosphere there at Comerica park. It definitely had like a playoff feel uh, as we, uh, watched Mickey get sent off there. Uh, so that comes in for me at number two and then number one, just seeing the Texas Rangers, uh, winning their first world series in franchise history. Um, you know, hats off to them. They've been around for a very long time and to finally be able to, uh, to cross that finish line, they came close, you know, for a couple of years in the early 2010s, they're under Ron Washington, but to finally be able to put it all together and, uh, and win that world series, uh, and get that first one for their, their franchise. It was definitely a you know, cool thing to see and a great way to uh, cap off a great, uh, major league season. So Texas winning it all, uh, for the first time that comes in for me at number one. Man. Um, looking at some of your picks, I mean, I think we're going to have some of the same ones, but I mean, all great moments, right? Texas won that world series, Mm -hmm. beautiful, everything. Um, yeah, man. Number three for me, uh, I think MLB finally getting the MVP winners, (laughs) right? I was very happy to finally see Acuna Acuna to get get it for the Mm -hmm. NL. I mean, the guy has just taken his game to, oh, one of the best MVP winners. Uh, You Uh look at his stats, one of the best ever. And then. Uh, on the opposite side, finally, Shohei Otani, in my opinion, actually deserved this. I mean, the guy yep. that's over 300, that's a green light for me. I mean, leads the league in home runs. You, mm-hmm. you get a guy that also um, does it well on the mound. Yeah, he yep. didn't end the, the on the mound like he wanted to. Right. Uh, but, man, and, and just to cap it off, he gets, you know, the, the deal at the end. But my biggest <laughs> moment is just MLB getting the MVP winners right. I okay. mean, uh just leaves a sour taste in my mouth when they don't get it right. And it happens, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's been. Well, when Otani won it the last time over Vlad. <clears throat> yeah. I'm mean, just many times in history where they just don't get it right. 
right? I mean, yep. I think you and I agree with the Cal Ripken and Alan Trammell uh, debate mm-hmm. with Trammell not getting the MVP. And yep. Um, yep. it just leaves sour tastes in your mouth. And I know mm-hmm. that was a long time ago, but I right, just, right. we can think of so many times where it's like, what? What the yeah. fuck were you thinking? I, I, yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. You know, which I just, but I, this time they finally got it right. So that's my number three. Now, my number two for me is the pitch clock. Oh, I, I thought, it. It, dude, it was a success. And mm-hmm. there's some people, People like my dad, they're not a big, I mean, my dad likes the pitch clock, but he's not a big fan of, he's just not a big fan of changing the game, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, I, I totally understand that, but I think the pitch clock is just to get people in that. It's like resetting everything. It's, mm-hmm. It resets the speed of the game. And then after a while, you can almost take it out and the pit, the game will keep moving. Then Yeah. That, yeah. It just got to get ingrained in the mind, become part of a muscle memory type thing. That's yep. exactly it. Yep. Um, you know, the average MLB game time dropped to about two hours and 40 minutes. That's beautiful. With the pitch yeah. clock. So, yep. I mean, that is fantastic, yep. right? Uh, 24 minute decrease in a season change, you know, kind of. Yep. Uh, and it, and it, those resulted in a spiking batting averages and stolen mm-hmm. bases and almost, you know, in 40 years, we've seen mm-hmm. a kind of a significant spike, which is good. Now, I think pitchers are going to have to find a way to work around that. I I, mm-hmm. I think you've seen some pitchers struggle. Um, Sandy Alcantara had a problem with that. You've seen some yep. pitchers that really had a problem with that early on. But I, I think in the long run, um, it's it's just it's just been a success. And for me, I'm very thankful for that. I think that was one of the best moments uh, of last year. And then number mm-hmm. one for me is kind of the same for Steve. It was number two on Steve's list, but number uh, one of mine. It's saying goodbye to, to a legend, Miguel Cabrera, yeah. with with Steve. I, I thought that yep. was really good, yeah. you know. And um, <clears throat> you know, you and I, we've been Tiger fans since we were born. And yep. um, I, you know, I, I the reason why it's number one of mine just because I was able to take my parents there. Yeah, and yep. they've never been to a game at Comerica Park before, mm-hmm. so it was kind of cool. Yeah, my mom, uh, my mom, you know, she got to do a couple of her favorite things, which was gamble. Uh, yeah. in, in Detroit, <laughs> yep. uh, drink at a baseball game, which was yep. cool. And, you know, I, and we got to see Miggy, we got to see yep. Miggy go and, uh, which was rightfully so I, I, I don't think I could have took, took another season with him in our lineup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was, I was having a conversation Lo- with love you, you, Miggy, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, bro. And it was just painful to watch. And especially when he stopped and, you know, other talent from kind of getting in that mm-hmm. lineup and, uh, stopping, uh, you know, a, a major leaguer that maybe deserves it. Maybe we could have yep. seen Colt Keith last year if it wasn't right. for Maggie. Maybe we could have seen Justin Henry Malloy or yep. uh, Jace Junk. Oh, probably not Jace Junk, but you know, some of those guys, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just sad because I remember <laughs> this is another guy we bring up a lot in our podcast, Mike Valeni. Mike Valeni, oh, yeah. uh, a great radio host, uh, 97 won the ticket, um, yep. in Michigan here. And he says, you know, he's a big Yankees fan. And mm-hmm. he said at the end of Derek Jeter's career, he started mm-hmm. to resent him. And he didn't mm-hmm. want to resent him because he just wasn't playing good. But I looked at, yep. you know, Derek, Derek Jeter's stats and you, they weren't as bad as Miggy's. They were, no. you know, Derek Jeter was never this home run god, but it was kind of a significant dip. And mm. I could, you don't, you never want to, you never want to resent the legends, the guys yeah. that you, not everybody can end their career like a Stan Musial or a Ted Williams, yep. you know, or not David everybody Ortiz can do this. even. Yeah. Oh man. <clears throat> or David Ortiz. It's, it's really hard, right? I mean, we, we end up getting those, those times where maybe 
they should have retired a year or two prior. Like or Willie year, Mays. Like Willie Mays. It was really hard to see him in a Mets jersey. A lot of people mm-hmm. said who lived during that time. And just he it, it just wasn't the same guy anymore. And yeah. and for us, I mean, Miggy was kind of tapped out at 34, 35. Mm-hmm. So we had almost six years, five, six years of just not consistent play. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but... It was a top moment to see him go. Uh, I loved how much the city loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he felt that. And, uh, you know, you just look at the th- you kind of look at things that you regret, that you regret, like you regret not winning a World Series. But yep. he gave us a lot. You know, I mean, he yep. he was worth the price of admission yep. and two MVPs, triple crown. Oh, bro. Uh, countless Damn. batting titles. I mean, we turn yeah. on the game just to watch Miggy. I mean, yeah. that's that was a guy up until 30. 435 where he would just... I expected a home run or something or clutch it every time yeah. I you know when he was in his prime there and the Tigers needed a hit and he was coming up I always just assumed he was going to deliver and most yeah. of the time he did you know Oh well, I and mean, how many how many times Stephen especially after the Trammell Whitaker years when we were thinking to ourselves is Detroit ever going to have a star again mm-hmm. uh, we went through these false stars you know the Juan Gonzalez's right. the Bobby Higginsons Higginson. and yep, Tony we were, Clark oh and we were wondering when are we going to have anything? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it just we ended up getting him in a trade, and yep. and he was our star, right? Yep. For yep. years. So yeah, man, that's my number one. That's nice. definitely my number one. Yep. yep. So that's 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 solid. It's a great yep. yep great great list and a great cap to uh, this twenty twenty three season. I totally Shall- agree. Shall we uh, head on over to Collection Corner? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yeah. So eBay sucks. Yeah, I was going to say, so eBay sucks. So (laughs) usually Michael and I, when we do Collection Corner, we're talking about market prices. eBay has this this tool. It's called their price guide or something like that, which basically you search for a car, a player. And uh, there's a little bar graph thing at the top uh, that you click on and it shows the market value. For, for that particular player and it shows whether it's up whether it's down and all that stuff so we use that pretty much every week to go and uh and and get our ups and downs well it's not working right now so we had to improvise here a little bit and i'll i'll go first and i found actually in in my search to try and figure out what the hell is going on <laughs> i found that ebay has something that's known as collection beta so if you go on my eBay and you click on collection beta, basically looks at all your card purchases yeah. and tells you uh, the value of your collection of cards that you bought off of uh, eBay. I think it, I don't know if it's like the past three, four years or something like that. It groups it all together. Yeah. And you can, you can click by sport, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, whatever. And, uh, uh, you know, it'll show you how much your market value is up and down based on what you bought the card for and how much it's going for at this at this particular time. So my overall collection of stuff I bought on eBay is up like I think it's up almost seven hundred dollars from what I uh, from what I purchased uh, the stuff for. So uh, what I've gotten is in pretty good shape. I uh, just decided to pick a couple of things here Uh, for my up. It's actually a digital card. Bring it back. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, 2021 Tops Bunt, uh, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Inception, Dual Box Loader signature uh, digital card. So I bought this thing in 2021. Uh, when you know that's I think that's when I started on Bunt 2020 or 2021 yeah. somewhere around there. Bought it for 3.99. Well, that card, you know, obviously Totani, uh, you know, Trout Trout helps it out too. It's up 4,000. 
35.34%. So it's going right now for um, uh, right around $165. So it's up $161 and one cent. Uh, so this, this card that I bought for $4 is now going for roughly $165. And wow. It's a dig- digital card. So uh, that's pretty dope, right? Yeah. Uh, it's good good to see the resurgence of Bunt, you know, because uh, I haven't been using Bunt as much. Um, but definitely get back on there to try and keep getting cards because the values, uh, especially on Otani cards, are going up. Yeah. Uh, down, not not really a shock here. Uh, Tops Project <laughs> 70, number one, uh, number 384, Akil Badu rookie card. So I bought this card. one. It is a dope card. So it's got that 1990 Tops uh, look and it's like very, very cool looking uh, Akil Badu. And as everyone knows, when Akil Badu came on the Tigers, he like hit the ground running and he was he was hot shit so um i bought the card for 24.99 it's now down 46.72 percent or it's down 12 dollars and three cents to a market value right around 12 dollars and 66 cents so not the best investment right now on that card but it's still pretty cool looking yeah i mean i love that you brought back top spun i mean yeah Mm -hmm. i still i'm i still go on top spun i don't spend the money i used to of course but i use the coins that i have i i don't buy diamonds usually anymore yeah i mean i actually recently bought diamonds around christmas and spent them right away you know one thing with (laughs) top spun i I still think they're a little pricey but Mm -hmm. you know that's one thing where i would love maybe one day we should do that or maybe i we should try to get somebody um, who's behind Tops Bun at Tops? Yeah, kind of explain the market a little bit more mm-hmm. because the market is so it's up there. I mean, look at the card you bought for yeah. God's sakes. I mean, that's that's an incredible increase, and it and it's what's the value, right? Can exactly. you ex- exactly? I mean, exactly. it's it's almost like cryptocurrency. So mm-hmm. you'd almost have to explain it. And I do. I I I'm still all in on my my digital collection, but I'm not. I'm not, you know, giving up any cards, but I'm not buying like bulk, you know, like no, I used to. I'm no, not going to go out either. there and spend 50 bucks on some, you know, Mookie Mm-mm. bets that we don't know the true value. Right. So Exactly. But it's cool that eBay kind of gives us this value, mm-hmm. uh, which I mean, that's kind of what you have to go on now because eBay yeah. has become kind of its own Beckett. Right. Yep, so it's true. It's yeah. Um, and another one, which I'll, I'll talk about mine now is mm-hmm. Ludix. Lud- okay. I, I went, so you went off eBay collection beta. I went off my Ludix collection and that's another one. I, I would love to get him to sponsor our show mm-hmm. or sponsor this segment, the collection corner, because it's right up their alley. I love Ludix. Anybody who's mm-hmm. out there, <laughs> Brian Erlacher, former, uh, great linebacker for the Chicago mm-hmm. bears back in the day. he, He's one of the big investors behind it. And you basically scan your card and it gives That's you. So cool. Yeah, it gives <laughs> you the price. Now, today, I think I seen a glitch because I seen like a 1990 Fleer Frank Viola up $7,000 or something. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that. Yeah. And then you go on eBay because it does match eBay prices and you look uh-huh. and it's like, where are you getting this? Where price? are you getting like, that price? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but what you can do is you scan all your cards, which I've scanned like half of my collection. Mm-hmm. And then, or and then you, it will give you the value of your collection when it's yeah. all said and done. And you get to, it's cool because you get to sort them out into groups. Like I have my Mookie Bets, you know, <laughs> collection and stuff. It's just great. It's a great yeah. app to use. It breaks down. You could also buy from that app. So if you oh, cool. scan a card, it will show you everywhere where you can buy that card, which is really cool as well. And it kind of gives you inside market price. So, um, 
So I went off my Ludix collection, mm-hmm. and up for me is my 1971 Topps Brooks Robinson, number 300. Ooh, now, he's up about 1.8%, so the market price right now sits around $9. Now, we're not talking the jump in prices that you have in some of yours. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but it, uh, you know, like I said, it's a steady increase. I wanted to talk about Brooks Robinson anyway, so mm-hmm. the human vacuum cleaner. So he's up right now and, and rising. Now, down... Surprisingly, is my 2022 Topps Heritage New Age Performers Fernando Tatis Jr. Ooh. So wow. he, yeah, he has a steady decrease. He's down 16.2 percent, and his market Ooh. value right now for that card is two dollars and twenty cents. So uh, I kind of looked at a lot of my Fernando Tatis that I have, and they're all down. So really, yeah. So that should just give you an inkling that that player, all his his markets down right now in the card yeah. world. Yeah. Wow. wow. Well, I'm sure he'll bounce back because sure. he's a fantastic yeah. player. So. Well, especially now that the focus will just be on him, Machado, and him in the season. Exactly. So. Exactly. That should churn him back up. But oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully next week, I guess we'll see if eBay's price guide is back. But uh, yeah, that's fun to kind of switch gears a little bit on the uh, the collection area. So yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, shall we get the candles out and celebrate a birthday? Let's do it. All right. It's a uh, happy heavenly birthday to Detroit Tiger great and Hall of Famer Hank Hammer and Hank Greenberg, born on January the 1st, 1911. Uh, he had a career 313 average, 331 home runs, and 1,276 RBIs. Uh, spent his career, for the most part, the Detroit Tigers, 1930, 1933 to 1941, and then went into the service and came back and played 45, 1945 to 1946, and then uh, closed out with the Pirates in 1947. He was a five-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, two-time AL MVP, four-time AL home run leader, Four-time AL RBI leader and his Detroit Tigers number five has been retired. Selected in the Hall of Fame in 1956 on get this his ninth ballot. Can you believe that? Just think of someone like Hank Greenberg. Hank Greenberg has took him that long to That's uh, get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, widely considered one of the greatest you know power hitters of his generation. It took him yeah. on his ninth ballot. But anyway, a little trivia about him was. When the United States joined World War II, Greenberg was the first major leaguer to join the armed forces. He spent 47 months in military service, more than any other major league player, all of which took place during what would have been prime years in his major league career. So, Well, I'm sure it took him a while. Service. Yeah, thank you for your service. It probably took him a while, Steve, because a lot of players in that era, I noticed, weren't mm-hmm. first ballot Hall of Famers, except mm-hmm. like Ted Williams and what have you. Right, but right. I, I think the reason why is because he played during the war yep. and he play, he went to the war he actually yep. fought mm-hmm. but I, I think a lot of those players um for some reason i because when you look at kind of um a lot of them players it's it's really interesting that a lot of them never made it on the first the first ballot so yeah agreed and remember i mean when he played you were only like a decade or so removed or i mean i'll see his his debut was in 39 so that was what three years after the first hall of fame class yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah, you know? that's true. So, but yeah, it's a happy uh, heavenly birthday there to Hammer and Hank Greenberg. Get it, Hank. Yeah. Oof. Let's show. Season four is officially underway. Yeah. Yep. Season four, man. That's it. We're yep. here. We're fucking here. Um, yeah, next week. I mean, well, hopefully we're going to be talking about more free agent signings for yeah. sure. And actually, uh, just a quick, uh, quick Let's see a quick correction. Actually, Hank Greenberg debuted in 1930. 
1830. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so. I'm looking at Hal Newhouser at the time. So. Oh, Prince Hal. Yeah. 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 His, you know, it, it took him a little bit because, like you said, uh, he pitched during a lot of the time when some of the best players were in in the service. So. Right. You know, he wasn't going up against you know, the the higher level talent. So that could be why it took him a little bit longer to get I, in. I mean, isn't that like? Can you imagine being a baseball player at that time? Just. Bob oh. Feller, those guys, Hank Greenberg. I mean, you're doing active duty, Ted yeah. Williams. You're doing active fucking duty in World War II. Yeah. You st- and a lot of them just volunteer. They're like, fuck yeah. it. I'm like, gonna go defend going my in. country. Yep, yeah. Exactly. Yep. And, Joe DiMaggio, I think oh. he was uh, he was in the war, right? Yeah. Joe DiMaggio yeah. was in the war. A yeah. lot of those guys they signed up and knowing exactly what they were getting well, in. I mean, exactly. I think I think Bob Feller and Ted Williams saw like yeah. action, action action. Action, yeah. Uh, Ted Which, Williams was a wasn't he a, a a fighter pilot or something a fighter pilot yeah Yeah. man so it's just yeah just a different time i mean in today's world i mean can you imagine if we went to war (laughs) there'd be no major league baseball player going no no imagine mike trout enlisting (laughs) which would be dope but he just he just would never do it right nope (laughs) a lot of those guys were never military guys so yeah um just an interesting thing to think about that'd be kind of an interesting study in a future episode but um But yeah, man. So yeah, we're in season four. We're balls yep. deep in it now. And we we're going to uh next week. Yeah, free agency. There's a yep. lot of things that could come underway, man, in there the is. following weeks. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. But in the meantime, yeah. guys, thank you so much for listening. Be a bud, tell a bud. And we will see you guys all next week. Deuces. Deuces.